What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Real Impact. I'm your host, Austin Rice. Let's get going. One, two, three, four. All right, guys. So today we've got a good guest for you guys. Name is Justin Dillon. Bring him in real quick. Justin, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me, Austin. Uh, I really love this. This is awesome. Appreciate everything you do, and thanks for having me. Yeah, man, for sure. So um, why don't we, we kick it off and, you know, just kind of tell everybody a little bit about you, um, you know, where you guys are located, what you guys are doing, and um, we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So, um, again, thanks for having me, guys. My name is Justin Dillon. Uh, my Instagram handle is down there if you ever want to reach out. A little about myself. Um, so I'm located in Southern California. Uh, we do nationwide wholesaling. Um, our big marketing channels right now are cold calling and PPC. Um, you know, I'll, I'll jump into the wholesaling later, but a little more about me. Uh, I used to work a corporate job, you know, worked for 12 years as a project manager at Southern California Edison. They're the, they're the electric utility down here in Southern California. So good job, you know, making 200 K a year, loved it, but just was, you know, I knew there was always more. Um, so during COVID was actually, you know, did some direct to seller outreach to build my own portfolio and then ended up, um, you know, getting a, my first lick as a wholesale fee was working both in tandem and absolutely fell in love. So now I'm here. So that's a little bit about me. We used to work a, a nine to five for 12 years. I've been wholesaling for the last two years, two to three years. Um, have a team and our um, our office is in Costa Mesa, California. So okay, close, close by uh, or in, in Orange County, close by uh, to LA, where everyone's familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But cool, man. So you were uh, the corporate nine to five for for twelve years, man. So as as the project manager there, how is how is like the jump, right? You know, you go from you know super structured, you know. I would, I would, you know, I obviously don't know exactly what it was, but I'd say your day was pretty similar pretty much every day. Um, right. You know, how do you kind of make that jump from that to, you know, into the entrepreneurship world, right? Um, where structure is really not there, you know, like you got to mm -hmm. kind of create it yourself and, and figure it out. Yeah, I would say, you know, it was difficult for me. And I, I'm a very, I would say conservative person. I'm not a, I'm, you know, unless it's a strategic risk taking, I don't, I don't really do it. Like, so it wasn't like, Oh, wholesaling so great. Um, I'm just going to quit all of a sudden what I did. And I recommend anyone do this. I, you know, you kind of put one toe in, okay. Mm -hmm. It worked. I dipped two toes in three toes, four toes, five toes. And, um, but yeah, that's what I, I pretty much started. I was during COVID, you know, was working from home and had more time to kind of goof off, if you will. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, started doing some outreach. And then it took me, uh, you know, six months, six to eight months to get my first deal. Once that one hit, I'm like, okay, let me throw a little more gasoline on the fire. Mm -hmm. And then got the next month, I think I did, um, I went from a 25K assignment fee uh, to one month. And then we've been doing, you know, whether it was myself alone as a solopreneur, or as a team, we've been doing six figures each month uh, for the last last two years. So I would say, you know, to anyone, just make a strategic risk-taking decision. You know, like right. I mentioned, throw a little a little money in uh, that you can lose, 
see where it takes you. Uh, and then if things work out, throw a little more gasoline, a little more gasoline. And it was to the point, you know, I was making, you know, 200 K a month. Yeah. And then at Edison, I'm like, I still didn't want to leave. I was so scared. Like, is this the right decision? My family yeah. come from a background on, you know, go just, you know, start your own company. It was like, Hey, you know, why do you always want more? What, why don't you just stay there? So it was still hard. Uh, but I knew, you know, Hey, I can uh, 100% um, the nine to five will always be there. So right. it's a tough decision though. And it's tough for anyone. Well, I was going to say, I think that's, I think that's, that speaks to a lot of people, right? Cause I think a lot of yeah. people are kind of in that, you know, in that, that kind of like seesaw, right? Like I know I was whenever I first got into it, right? Like I was in pharmaceutical sales, you mm. know, and was doing really well, right? Like I was top three in the company, like really had no reason to leave or anything like that. Right. But um, similar like what you did, right. I, I heard about it. It's like, Oh, there's, there's gotta be more like, you know, different ways to make income, heard about it, started doing it part-time, like during, you know, my, my job, right. Like my job was outside sales. So I was in the car a lot and, you know, had time to like pick up the phone and call people. Um, but you know, I think my situation was a little bit different than yours. Right. So like you, you know, slowly dip your toes in and everything like that. And then initially, you know, made the decision to leave to go full time. Right. For me, that decision got made for me. Right. March, March of 2020. Right. I had been doing it part time for, you know, a couple months. And March 2020, again, like I said, I was top three in the company. So out of over 100 reps, you know, so in my head, I'm I'm clear. I'm good to go. Um, you know, I get a three minute phone call. Hey, you heard of this thing called COVID? Yeah. Well, it's bad in China and Europe and all of our suppliers are in China and Europe. So if we don't have product. We don't need the sales team. You're wow. Like, Just like that. Click. Right. Damn. And top three guy. Like that's yeah. it. You know, um, so, you know, for, for, for like people like that, right. It's, it's a lot easier to like jump and go full speed into it and, you know, just burn the boats and not look back, you know, but for somebody like yourself, right. Where like, you know, you weren't laid off, you weren't furloughed or anything like that. Like you, you had the job. So like, what do you think it, like for, for other people, right. That might be kind of in that like limbo, right. Like what would be your advice as far as like, you know, if, if someone's like, all right, Hey, I know this wholesaling thing works. I know it's got legs. I want to do it. But like you say, you know, I've got this stability. I've got a good check every, every two weeks, you know, I've got benefits, you know, everything like that. It's stable. What's the, what do you, what would be your advice like to go from the stability to, you know, entrepreneurship, but like you said, in a calculated, in a calculated way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a great question. And I know it hits a lot of people because when I found myself in that predicament, like, you know, I was, should I leave? Should I, you know, what should I do? It was at a point where I wasn't taking action. Mm -hmm. Like it was just all this, you know, what ifs like so far out there, pie in the sky. Like what if this happens? What if I leave then? So my biggest advice to anyone is just start taking action. No mm -hmm. matter how, like, no matter how shitty the action is, as long as you're out there, that's all that matters. I, you well, know, how I little the action may seem. Yeah. It, yeah. Even if it's just one call a day, getting your, you know, your teeth kicked in by a seller who cusses <laughs> you out, like, you know, and then next day it's two calls a day, three calls. So I really think in this game, no matter, um, as long as you're taking action, big things can happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think once I started taking action, it was very crystal clear on how compelling the case was in, 
oh, you're, you're Justin, you should have left a long time ago. <laughs> um, so like the only time I ever questioned it when I was actually not taking action. And then once I started taking action and the amount of money you can make in this business by just taking it, like, I'm not, I'm not licensed. My family doesn't come from real estate. Like, you know, you see these guys in suits and like, you know, you get a little insecure thinking, man, like I got to compete with those big boys. Like if you just take action, you, you can, the world is yours in this real estate game. I truly think anyone can, you know, become a billionaire if they wanted. Yeah. Uh, Sky's the limit. yeah. It really is. Yeah. And like, you don't need anything special, but you, you just need to have the courage to take, you know, action and yeah, it could be go for it. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree, man. I think, you know, I think there's something to be said, right. Is it's like, you know, you kind of like the way I look at it, right. It's like, if you've got a really good job I and mean, you, 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 you've got a really stable job. Like I think the, the biggest like misconception out there right now is like, Oh, you know, screw the nine to five, jump in, you know, feet, you know, head yeah. first, go, you know, go into it and everything like that, where, you know, you could really, really mess up people's lives, right? right? Like people can really mess up their lives, right? Because, you know, the biggest thing with like wholesaling and with just really entrepreneurship in general, right? Is like, you have to create your own stability, mm -hmm. right? And so I think with a lot of people, a lot of people just are like, oh, I'm just going to go for it. They have one good month or, you know, like you said, like you made your first 25K lick and you're just like, you could have just right there been like, you know what? I'm done with, you know, the other place, but it didn't, right? Yeah. So the matter of like creating that stability to where it's like, okay, that's great. It's really good. Now I got to just consistently do it. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think the biggest thing for people is like, you know, create that end goal, like create that like milestone, right? If it's, you know, I want to make in a, in a year what I make at my current job, right? Or I want to make in a month what I make at my current job or you know, whatever the case is, like whatever milestone that is, mm -hmm. that like you give yourself permission to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very nice. Yeah. That's I think, great. I think that would be like, I mean, for me, right? Like I didn't have that luxury, you know? So like, yeah. that's just like me speaking just, just off the top, but like, that's what I would say, like for people in like that kind of, that kind of predicament is like, yeah. set a milestone for yourself. And then once you hit that milestone, like that's you giving yourself permission to leave, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's great. That's, you know, that's progress, like getting to that milestone and no matter how small it is. And Austin, you're um, like the folks that are going to listen to this are mostly wholesaling interested people. Yeah. So we're, we're, our audience is going to be a little different, right? So our audience, um, we're not really tailoring strictly to real estate, right? Okay. Uh, we're tailoring more so to, you know, entrepreneurship. We're tailoring to, nice. you know, real estate. We're tailoring to wholesaling. Um, obviously, you know, my general audience right now is going to be a lot of wholesalers, right? Um, but as we grow and as we get more guests now, we're going to be bringing people on that, you know, just have an impact in their community, right? Whatever yeah. their business is, whatever, you know, they're doing, they're just creating impact in people's lives around them. Um, and so that's kind of the way we're going to grow with the podcast. But yeah, I mean, to start off with, yeah, it's going to be a lot of people that are you know going to be wholesaling related and cool. you know, yeah. getting into I mean, it. The reason I asked that is because when I first started, like I would hear people take action, take action. I was so <laughs> I didn't know what that meant because I was so like green to what would like, OK, do I read books? Do I like, wow, I like right. development. I like apartment complexes. I like wholesaling. So do I take action on all of them? So when I say for those who are interested in wholesaling, um, if I were you guys, and this is how I started, I wherever you're located, you know, I'm here in SoCal. 
I would pull a list, you know, using PropStream of uh, not owner occupied homes. So, you know, I would pull maybe your first, we, we were used, well, I'll leave it that for later, but I would pull a list of years of ownership, 10 years or greater. I would say non-owner occupied, and I would say the home, have it be anywhere from like 1930 build to no later than 2005 and just start marketing to those people. Those are where a majority of our deals are coming from. And I, the reason I like it in your own backyard, guys, is because you can at least start to learn to run the numbers. And it's not just a, such a big goal to where you're doing wholesaling and somewhere super, super far across the nation. Um, because once you do your first wholesale deal in your own backyard, then you can plug and play anywhere in the nation. So um, that's what I mean by taking action, guys. And then, you know, skip trace that list and just start doing outreach. And our script is so simple. It's, hey, Austin, I saw your property on Main Street, wanted to see if you consider selling it. Then we qualify them based on the four pillars, you know, timeline, price, motivation and condition. And then we make an offer. And if you don't know how to make offers, make an offer 65, 70 percent of Zillow and then, you know, move it down the field. So, yeah, with that game plan, you know, we've, we've made millions of dollars. So, yeah. No, and it's perfect, man. Because I mean, I think, like like you said, right? Like the biggest the biggest piece of it is just you know reaching out to the sellers, reaching out to yeah. the people that are you know the list or on the list or whatever, right? Like, and you know, there's different forms of you know taking action, yeah. and so I, I you know I like the fact that you you know you're clarifying on that, right? Um, so let's let's kind of go back, right? Let's 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 yeah. time travel a little bit, right? So you're you're kind of you know you're just leaving. You know, or, or let's let's leave and go before that, right? You're you're still at your full time job, mm-hmm. and you know you just made your your first twenty five k lick off of you know a wholesale fee, right? What's next? Like, what's the next steps? You know that you did. Now you're like, okay, crap, this thing has legs, right? Probably like an oh shit moment because you're you know you hear about it a lot, right? But it, a lot of it before you get your first check is faith, right? A lot of it's just like. Oh yeah, so and so does it. So and so told me about it. So and so said he's making you know six figures a month, right? Just like people listening to this podcast can be like, oh, Justin said he's making six figures a month. So a lot of it up until you get your first deal is just faith, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get that first check, it turns faith to fact. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. now it's the real thing. Now you got money in the bank. Now you gotta like now you just made money off of something. So like, where do you go now? You know, like you just get your first check. Like now what? Yeah, I when I got my first check, the oh shit moment was wow. It was <laughs> it was that easy. Like, yeah. and it's like, okay, how do I get more of those people just like that? I remember the exact street, you know, person's name, and I said, wow, this is really a numbers game. So what I'm gonna do is like, because I used to, when I was doing that, I would tap one person, one conversation a day, then two conversations a day. And then, you know, over the span of six to eight months, I finally got my seller. I'm like, how do I expedite talking to those people quicker? So it's definitely a numbers game. Um, But to what you your question um, at that point, it was like, okay, what I'm going to do is just expedite kind of that that hamster wheel and make it go quicker. So I threw all my money, you know, so I didn't spend I didn't spend any of it. I just I didn't spend any on personal items. I spent it all back into the business and then. just really threw gasoline on my marketing. And then mm-hmm. literally it was, uh, I got my first deal June 1st, uh, two years ago. What is that? 20, 2020. Yeah. And then, um, that same month, I think actually the month of July, then I got, you know, six deals just by throwing gasoline on the marketing. So what was next? It was just like, okay, I really want to get, get my volume, torque up the, the vol velocity 
and uh, spent more on marketing. Perfect. No, I think that's I think that's such a big point too, right? Like uh, the way I mean, the way I look at it, at least, like wholesaling is a sales and marketing business, mm-hmm. right? And the contracts just so happen to be the products that we're you know we're marketing and selling, you know. Right. And so, like, I, like you said, right to your point, once you get that first that, that first rip, like you got to reinvest. You got to keep. You got to keep the business going. You got to like. I think the biggest thing there is like you're treating it like a business, mm-hmm. you know, and like you're not treating it like a hobby. You're not treating it like one of those things, like a side hustle or anything. Like you're treating it like a like a legitimate business, you mm-hmm. know. And legitimate businesses have marketing expenses and they have overhead and they have operating expenses and they have different things that require reinvestment from, you know, top down. So I think that's crucial, man, especially for those people that like, you know, because a lot of people, they see a 25K check. It's the most they've ever seen, you know, Mm -hmm. on one piece of paper, right? One wire or anything like that. So it's really easy to go out there and have that shiny object syndrome and, you know, blow that like that. Yeah. And what I would recommend for someone like, you know, when Austin and I say just, uh, you know, reinvest it, like I didn't go then immediately to PPC and do texting and cold calling and like all these avenues. I took what exactly that formula that just worked for me. And I stayed in that silo and threw gasoline just on that silo. And then boom, it it, it blew up overnight. Um, So, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. So I tell my guys when they're talking to sellers now, um, Cause it's a numbers game go mile wide inch deep on you know qualifying sellers quickly and then but in this case exactly what uh you just said so an inch wide mile deep on that marketing silo and mm-hmm. boom it was crazy yeah no i did and again man i think especially not for people that are just starting but like i think like for people that have you know maybe got their first deal or yeah. you know they, they may wow. be doing like maybe a deal a month or whatever right like it's so easy to kind of get trapped in the Instagram social media game where people are like, yeah, you know, we're doing PPC. Oh, we're doing SMS. Oh, we're doing mailers. Oh, we're doing TV commercials. You know, we're yeah. doing, there's so many different marketing channels, right? And all of them work, but it's what works best for you. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's so crucial. Like you hit it like the nail on the head. Like once you get your first deal, rinse and repeat what worked, yeah. you know, like rinse and repeat what already works yeah. you know because there's a time for like r d right there's a time for testing there's a time for trial and error like yeah there's a time for that right yeah but like when you're just getting going or you're just like like you're just getting the consistency like that's not it mm-hmm. you know because like i mean you're a prime example like i'm a prime example like you know you can hit you can hit you can hit it right with just one marketing channel Oh yeah, you, you can hit the seven figure mark. You can hit the six figures a month. Like you can hit those marks on just one marketing channel. So like, you know, a lot of the the flash and pizzazz and everything on social media, like it's not sexy, right? Like, not sexy to hop on a podcast and talk about like, yeah, just one marketing channel. Yep. You know, um, but that's the that's the cold hard truth. Is like, you can go deep in one, and have all the production in the world. To then allow yourself to try SMS or to try PPC or to try, you know, before we hopped on, like, started recording, right? Like, we were talking about PPC. You know, we just tried PPC with a company. Didn't work out well. We shut it down. We got to try it again. Yep. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I think too many people, like, stretch themselves too thin with their marketing and never capitalize on one. 
Yeah, you know? yeah. And you do you like cold calling? Is that what you guys like? Also? Love it. Yeah, same Love here. That's yeah, what we do. That's, We've made millions of dollars from cold calling. It's tried and true, man. I mean, it's, yep. it's been there 30 years ago. It's going to be here, you know, 30 years in the future. Right. You know, like, obviously, there's different rules, regulations, and things like that. And, you know, we have to adjust, right? But cold calling, in my opinion, is, is always going to be tried and true. Like, it's just, it's consistent, like you said. Um, so now let's, let's kind of, let's kind of break that down. So now you leave, right? You leave the nine to five. You're like, yeah, this, this thing's it. This is it. When was that? How long ago was that, that you left like full and got into it full time? Yeah. So I left, wow. It's been, uh, so coming up on in one month, it's been a year. Okay. Yeah, so you so did it, you did it almost for a full year. While I was doing it for a year and that goes to like, I, and it's funny, I actually, because, you know, Edison was a great company. I was there for 12 years. It was easy. Mm-hmm. I was a top performer, you know, making good money, pension, 401k, and we were working from home. So it was kind of like, you know, yeah, <laughs> was, uh, was milking it for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been a, a year now. This uh, October 22nd will be exactly one year. Okay. So, I mean, that I think, again, like we talked about earlier, like, dude, that speaks to a lot of people, you know, like. You don't have to just immediately, you know, drop whatever you're doing. Like, especially if you've got a good gig, like you don't have to immediately drop it to go full time. I mean, you did it for a full year, right? Yeah. yeah. And I would say that that first year I probably wasn't terrible for you. That first year um, from, you know, when I got June 1 to the next June 1. Yeah, I did about a million dollars in revenue while working at Edison. Right. And I'd say you're probably what part time. I mean part full-time, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a prime example right there is it's like, you know, let, let it, let it take you out of your current position. Mm-hmm. You know, like you probably got to the point where you were like, oh shit, like I need, like this needs my full attention now. Yeah. You know, I knew it was going to come to that. And I actually, one of the managers pulled me in like, Hey, uh, I noticed your, and I, I kind of knew this was going to come. I know you just, you're, tension span, Justin, for us, uh, like Edison, um, like is something going on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like, hey, we want to uh, just make sure you're more focused here at your nine to five. So um, and then, you know, I ended the conversation, we ended the conversation and then I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, shit. So I need to focus more on realist. All right, I've got to focus less on real estate and more. That's going to hurt my like, what am I doing? Boom. Next day, put my two week notice in because. <laughs> It, you yeah. know, this was, it was, it was a beautiful, I enjoyed it. I could stay up all night. We're doing wholesaling. Like it was, so that's when the time came. Awesome, man. So what did your, what did your team look like and what did the business structure look like back then? Back then it was uh, myself running everything. Yeah, I would do actually, no, I'm sorry. I did have cold callers. So okay. I do recommend, you know, after I got that 25 K rip, um, I hired two cold callers um, and they were doing all the submitting all the leads. So I had them, uh, submitting leads to me and then I would call each seller and qualify them and then um, you know awesome. do, my, do my follow-ups make offers uh, so that's how my team looked then for uh, for a whole year awesome so now fast forward to now right what's your team look like now yeah now so when we had two cold callers now we have about 30 cold callers uh, doing all of our outbound marketing I have uh, three acquisition managers outside, and then we have one disposition manager. Awesome. So, 
Yeah, and we're looking whole, to get, get to operation a, now. Yeah, now it's a full blown team. We're looking to get to a fourth disposition manager. So anyone in SoCal, we're always always hiring. Um, so now it's just really you know fine. It's more fine tuning things now. How can mm -hmm. I get my sales guys to improve on on their delivery, on our product knowledge, and stuff like that? So awesome, man. No, that's killer, man. I think that just you know that speaks volumes to the the, the potential, right? Um, so when, when in that time, that time span, right. Cause obviously you talked about, you know, when you first get started, you know, starting your backyard. Right. Um, so when in that time span did you say there's more than just, you know, Costa Mesa, there's more than just here and started going like, you know, kind of outside of, you know, California and into, you know, nationwide type stuff. Yeah, we did that. Once I hit my fifth deal, we're like, okay, this is pretty easy. Like I saw every situation, I've been easy as in uh, kind of the the logistics of the escrow process. So right. once I saw, okay, you open up escrow, we walked it, submit EMD, assigned it to a new buyer, they walk it. Like, okay, this is pretty easy. I could do this anywhere. So after my fifth deal where I can uh, confidently manage the escrow process and navigate anything that would come up, then we started. We never left our own backyard, but we started incorporating uh, different markets. You know, we were hitting two markets and then, okay, cool. Then we're doing three markets, four markets, and now we're on a nationwide level. Awesome. Yeah. That's killer, man. So, you know, obviously, you know, you, you were, you were successful with the company you were at before, you know, you've got the, the wholesaling company, you know, up to doing six figures consistently each month, you know, um, you know, I would say a lot of people are just going to assume, right. You know, you must come from an entrepreneurial background. You must come from, you know, uh, an uberly successful family where you're just surrounded by, you know, that all the time. And, and that's kind of where you're, why you're, where you're at now. Right. No, that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish it was uh, maybe yeah. further along, but no, yeah. My father worked construction. Uh, my mom, my mother, you know, a secretary at some company. Um, yeah. They, this was actually, we never even ever even talked about owning your own company or entrepreneurship. It was always, you know, go to school and get a good, good job. And since I was young, you know, go to Edison, they got pension 401k. So I was like, cool. I got into the, you know, the company my parents told me to go into. Mm -hmm. We've never talked about uh, creating your own company and that type of like type of lifestyle. So, so then it's a, it's a big adjustment, right? You know, obviously going from, you know, being raised, I mean, I, I feel that, right? Like, um, so like, it's a big adjustment, right? Going from being raised like that, you know, go to school, get a good job work it out, retire, boom, yeah. good, right? Like how, how did you go, how did you really manage that adjustment from, cause it, it is, it's a mindset shift, right? It's a complete, Huge. it's a complete like, like overhaul, right? So what was, how did you kind of manage that transition, right? From going from the, you know, employee mindset to now the entrepreneur mindset and the business owner mindset? Yeah, I think it all starts with personal development. Like you said, mindset and perspective are absolutely crucial, huge to go on. A, you're forced to improve that as a business owner, you know, because things are uberly great and, <laughs> you know, from day to day can go down in the dumps. Uh, so I think improving mindset and just, you know, overall, um, I think just staying focused. Um and just, you know, I, I knew ultimately I needed to make myself happy and mm -hmm. doing that, I've met, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely happy and, and grateful for everything. So I think it starts with mindset 
and then just really focusing on what you want and having enough integrity to yourself to, you know, wake up early. I'm waking up for it. I was back in the day, 4am now still 4am to focus on my goals and do some meditation, some reading, something that really changed my mindset that I think, you know, if I could recommend for anyone, for me personally is just daily affirmations. I'll wake up, you know, say the universe conspires to help me. Today's going to be a great day. I live in total abundance and just never have, you know, things happen, but I've always just had an optimistic uh, mindset ever since kind of integrating those. So no, that's huge. Those are, those are some things. Yeah. No, I hope that answered the question. Did that answer it, Austin? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's, that's kind of, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Is it's going to be a different answer for everybody, you know, because yeah. there's not really like a one size fits all for that, you know, because I know for me, like the adjustment was just more so like I had my back against the wall, right? Yeah. Like I, I, it was sink or swim, right? I had a family to provide for, you know, a wife and everything like that. So it wasn't like I couldn't just, you know, half-ass it and see what happens. It was not, it, it's going to work, you know, yeah, like got to make it work. Uh, did you have a baby at that point too? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying, right? Like it's different for everybody, you know, yeah. like, and that's where, you know, anybody listening to this, like, you know, take, take bits and pieces from anybody you listen to, whether it's this show or someone else's show or, you know, whatever. Um, there's not a one size fits all for, you know, how to adjust to that, you know, yeah. because situationally is completely different. Um, you know, and so that's where it's, it's just, it's nice to hear other people's, you know, how they adjusted and everything like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's, it's, there's no right or wrong. There's no, you know, one size or anything like that. Like it's going to be different yeah. and you know, it's, it's wild. And yeah. that's, I think that's the beauty of, you know, the entrepreneurship space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard like a situation. I know our, you know, our mothers, fathers or whatever situation you have at home, like everyone wants the best for us. And like, you know, they I've never heard a mom like, oh, go, you know, mother, go take risks and, you know, go, go, go out there and get the teeth knocked in. And but you get up and do it. So I know they want what's best for us, but it's really just it's overriding that it's knowing, uh, you know, that there's something greater for you out there that you are able to get be be greater than your current state. Um, you know, even to this day, we talk about like, oh, like owning thousands of units and stuff like that. And they're, they're like, why, you know, aren't like you're making killing it year to year and like why aren't you happy with that it's like i i'm super happy but it's there's always yeah. you always no matter where you're at i think you're always going to have those uh family members uh kind of just you know offering that opinion well and i think that's that's too right is like because i also feel like that's just that's just the mindset thing right because there's a difference between gratitude and complacency yeah big time you know, like I can, I can be grateful and I can be extremely happy with everything, you know, that, that we've done and we've accomplished and that we're, you know, that we're doing, but I'm not satisfied. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's kind of like hitting on the point that you were just talking about where it's like, you know, you are grateful, you know, you're extremely grateful and you can appreciate everything you've done and everything the team's done to get to this point. But at the same time, it's like, but you're not satisfied. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, there's more. And I think a lot of that comes from being exposed to that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so what are kind of the what are kind of some of the steps that you've taking, you know, that you've taken right personally um, to really help propel yourself and help propel like the business? Right. Because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, once you make your first six figures, 
you got to do something a little bit different to go from that that six figure to the seven figure, right? Yeah. And once you make you know a million, there you got you got to change a strategy to go from one to you know three or one to five or you know anything like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting as as you know you and I both have kind of been in those positions. It's it's very wonderful thing to scale a company and to get to the next level. And here, you know, we're doing a couple million a year. It's like, wow, how do I get to you know, tens of millions a year? And then once we're at tens of millions, how do we get to hundreds? It's it's crazy. You know, my hat off to anyone, anyone doing it, because I know it's a it's a grind. Um, but I would say, you know, the biggest thing, I think the golden, the golden card, anything that's been super helpful for me and I, what I recommend for others. Um, First is mentorship. That was huge, absolutely huge for me, just expediting time. It costs money. Uh, you know, it costs a lot of money, but it's so worth it. Um, mm -hmm. So mentorship is, is, and I still continue to, uh, you know, I have a new mentor. I have a new mentor and we're getting started tomorrow um, to start taking the company to a different level and also to get into to bigger things. Mentorship one, and then uh, the use of employees. Mm -hmm. It's huge for me to kind of get to that next level and to help me have gotten to where we are currently. I think both of those combined um, are huge. And then just, you know, the, 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 the basic ingredients of consistent action, staying focused. I really like this book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, we're, well, Justin, where do you, and Austin, where do you guys ultimately want to get? And uh, I want to get to X, you know, what can I do to get to X? And then just focus strictly on that one thing. That, mm -hmm. that is super helpful. Because, you know, we like put off things that are maybe uncomfortable or hard conversations or maybe things that have a longer runway. Um, but I think those three things, mentorship, uh, leveraging your time through use of employees. And then uh, I really like the, the theory uh, behind one the, the book, One Thing. Mm -hmm. Focusing so, on that end goal and then just tunnel it yeah. What, yeah, to get there. Yeah. And imagine yeah. if you focused everything on that one thing, like, of course, you're going to hit it. It's like, OK, mm -hmm. wow. Like. Well, I mean, I think that's like professional athletes, right? You know, like you look at all the greats, you know, you look at Kobe, you look at, I mean, you know, Tom Brady, right? Whether you're a fan or not, like you got to respect it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you look at them and I mean, everything they're doing, right? Everything they do revolves around winning, right? Revolves around winning championships, revolves around being the best, right? And so it's like, you know, you can take a lot of good principles from, you know, really studying those guys, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Tom Brady, like those yeah. guys. Tiger Woods. Yep. Right. Guy. You know, like it really just depends on, you know, what your sport is, you know, what your, what your guilty pleasure is like, you know, any, any sport, you know, racing, whatever it is, right. Like there is a great, there's a great in that sport. And if you go back and you look at them and you look mm -hmm. at what they did, you look at their training, you look at how they lived their lives, you look at how they, you know, spoke, you know, outwardly, everything like you said was focused on being the best mm -hmm. right the way they acted the what they ate the way they trained the way they held their teammates accountable right like i mean like there's a you know if you guys watch the last dance right like with michael oh, yeah. gordon i mean dude, he would literally like kick people out of practice yeah you know? same with kobe like they, they would kick people out of practice right because their intensity didn't match yeah you know and I think, you know, that's where a lot of people lack. I mean, me especially, right? Like a lot of people lack where it's like, you know, we have a vision and a goal and it's so easy to get sidetracked, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, but I want to hit on too, right? 
with the mentorship. Yeah. You know, because I, I I agree, right? So what would what would you say is your process, right, for selecting mentors? Because obviously, you know, we're in an age right now where I feel like everybody and their mother is a is a mentor now. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, just the hodgepodge of, you know, social media and you know, guru land and everything like that. Right. Yeah, so, all the cool stuff and pretty. Right. Good, you exactly. Know. You know, so kind of walk us through like, what's your process for, you know, selecting a mentor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My pro, you know, I ultimately identify where do I want to go? You know, what's mm-hmm. my next step? Where do I want to be? And then identify who's, who's the best, you know, I think once you identify an arena, super easy, you know, like we all know it in our heart where we want to go and then identify who is the best or even the top three best people in that arena that people know are, you know, those are the guys to go to. And then really, I just, you know, schedule calls with the other team and kind of look at the curriculum. And then I did that, what I recommend everyone do. So do those three and then, you know, make or do those things and then make a call to each of them uh, to their program and just kind of see which one's a good fit for you. The biggest thing over all of this, though, is once you get in, you got to start taking action. So mm-hmm. I would say that's kind of, you know, if it's like a fly by night person who's not really in the business, isn't recognized as one of the the top guys in that arena, then I, I would certainly pass no matter how cheap it is. Um, that's my opinion. That's awesome. And no, I, I think, you know, to, to kind of like piggyback on that, it's find someone who's doing what you want to be doing. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Right. Like. If, if my goal is to hit, you know, 5 million a year, I need to find someone who's consistently doing that. Right. Because it's, you know, it's a lot easier to learn from someone who's done it than it is to learn from someone who's just taught other people how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, huge. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's that shortcut, right? It's learning from the mistakes that they've already made. And I think that's the biggest, like the biggest kicker on mentorship, you know, um, and I also feel like as well, like, you know, also as, you know, as, you know, leaders and as, you know, the top of the organization, right? Like we don't really have people to vent to. We don't really have people to, you know, discuss what's going on or like really kind of like push ideas off of, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have, you know, we have other people in the same role. We have, you know, kind of like colleagues and stuff like that. But, right. um, you know, it's really important, I feel like, especially on that mentorship level to like, have that person that's kind of like above you in a sense, yeah. you know, um, you know, the person that you seek advice from the person that like when something goes left, right. You're calling them like, Hey, this just happened. I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because like it or not, like that happens more often than I think either one of us would like oh, to yeah. admit. <laughs> I agree. And you know, those like who don't, you know, I know, like I mentioned, uh, mentorship is typically some sort of financial, um, agreement, like, you know, you're going to pay them for their time and services. If you don't have money, you know, bring someone some value through a deal. Like maybe, uh, you have a, a deal where Austin markets too. And, uh, maybe you're going to, I, I've cut mentors, given them hundred percent of the profits just to develop mm-hmm. a relationship. Um, or, you know, those who reach out to people through like, you know, Austin or myself through Instagram, um, if you don't have any money just to kind of, Hey, like, what should I do? This is what I want to, where I want to go to. I want to go to, to wholesale. What should I do? I guarantee you in one minute or less, Austin and I can both tell you exactly what we recommend to do over a voice note to help you get started, to get you some money so you can hire a mentor. 
because you know we all we want to see everyone succeed so well, I think another, or not. yeah i think that's another key point too right it's like mentorship's not for everybody mm-hmm. right i think there's a time i think there's a time there's a place for it but i think especially like just getting started i don't think mentorship like high level mentorship is for you mm-hmm. right i think you have to kind of go through the woods you kind of have to yeah. like kind of like bust your like you said like bust your teeth a little yeah. bit right Prove yourself a little yeah yeah you got to go through those proving grounds because if you just immediately just like okay you know you're you're interested in wholesaling right you've got a good job a nine to five so you can afford to pay a mentor right then they're gonna be sitting there telling you everything and you're gonna be like i don't know what you're talking about yeah i haven't i haven't encountered that yet yeah. or i'm scared you know? to make calls and like you know that's all right reasonable yeah, if someone like I think when people reach out to me, like, are you actually taking action and trying? Mm-hmm. Like, cool. If you are, I respect that. You know. Yeah. No, I agree, man. So now let's let's kind of dive into some you know some of the sexy stuff, right? So let's do it. Um, with with your current business, right? You said you know you guys are you know consistently pushing out you know six figure months. Yep. What is let's it's a two part question. All right. So. Obviously, the market recently, you know, the past year has been completely berserk. Yeah. Um, what was the biggest month you guys had? And then what was the biggest one deal you guys had? Yeah. So let's um, I'm going to talk factually speaking. We do, <laughs> we do have one closing. Uh, it's supposed to record today and disperse tomorrow. That's going to be 200K. But that hasn't closed yet. And in this game, nothing's over till it's over. So That's right. my biggest month. um has been and even this month will be a big one um the biggest month we've ever had was 350k uh, a month and we've done that like anywhere from 300 to 350 a couple times i'd say like maybe two to three times um this month now for for people listening right that is closed funded in the bank account yep yep we've gotten wires where the total amount is that dollar amount um so yeah anywhere like we did 350 we did 310 another month we did 305 this month if if we close this one here in the next few days i think this month might be the biggest month ever we might do close to 400k um to close out q3 so that's um biggest month on a on a gross level uh biggest assignment fee that we've ever had to date is 155,000. nice 155,000 little triplex um yeah, we've done yeah 155k, and then below that one, it was one for about 123k, and then we've had a couple, you know, anywhere from in the 70s to hundreds. So light day at the office, man. Light light work, <laughs> and even you know those clothes and they're they're there's something that can't you know those feelings are. are I want to say what's nothing the feeling, to compare, right? Like. You know, because a lot of people listen to this, they may have never felt, you know, a lot of people honestly have never seen that. Yeah. Right. So like, what's that feeling? You know, whenever you, you know, you get the wire, the notification for the incoming wire. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love what you said earlier. Grateful, but not satisfied. Like that's mm-hmm. I, you know, when I get we get these wires, um, I immediately we pay our team um, mm-hmm. immediately. And then I just, uh, you know, take a moment to reflect and just say thank you. Um, I'm grateful for this, grateful for the company, grateful for everything. And then, you know, just continue, put your head down and get, get back to work. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, once you get to making, at least per, for me personally, once you get to making over six figures a month, you really see that nothing really changes. Like, you know, you think, oh, I'm making six figures. 
life is perfect. I'm going to be so happy and I'm going to be traveling around the world. It's like the dollar amount really doesn't, uh, it does, it, I'm still the same person, you know, as a little high school teenager, you know, insecure, you know, have good days, bad days, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing changes. The dollar, it, it's great. But um, once you get to a certain dollar amount, it's like kind of, this. it's all the same. Yeah. No, I, I say think- that both like humbling. Yeah. Well, and and, you know, it's, it's, I think it's the truth, right? Cause I I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that say, you know, money's bad or whatever, so be it. Right. But um, in in, like my opinion, right. is like, I don't feel like money really makes people good or bad. I feel like just the more you have, it just really like, it it exasperates your character that's already there already. Yeah. Right. It does. And that's the thing. It's like, if you're, if you've got, you know, good character when you're poor, Right. Or, you know, when you're not making, you know, six figures a month. Right. Like when you get to that point, it's just going to exasperate that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's already there, you know. And I think that's the biggest like misconception like that I could speak on. It's like, you know, because I also feel like there's a there's a negative, you know, connotation. Right. On like making a lot of money, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because like with that. Right. People think, oh, money makes you a bad person, you know. Um, so I think there is like a negative, like kind of connotation, right. With, you know, making a lot, you know? Um, and so that's, that's one thing I like to tell people is like, it's not the money that makes you who you are. Like the money just literally like just makes it more, you know, like if you're a good person, it's going to make you a better person. If you're a bad person, it's just going to make you a worse person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even that fuel to be who you are. And I think, yeah. And like, you know, we've, I'm sure like everyone kind of gone through different uh, times in life. I think as long as someone is grateful and personal development, usually in my, I've met a lot of people and those are type of the types of people that are, are good people. So anyone that kind of wants to transition to like, Hey, you know, I'd like to be that good person. Those That's where I would start. Perfect, man. Well, yeah, man. So we're, we're coming up on the 45 minute mark. So we'll, oh, cool. Damn, we'll yeah. Quick. yeah, time flies, man. So uh, one thing I want you to think about real quick, I'm going to sign All off right. and then uh, we'll come back, but um, okay. think about like one, you know, one nugget, one piece of advice that you want to leave everybody with. Um, okay. And then, you know, I'll bring you back and we'll, we'll let you go. So- All right, guys. Um, we're about to wrap up this episode. Um, be sure you guys tune in next week, Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're going to have another great episode, another great guest. We're going to continue this going. Um, and obviously, make sure you guys tune in live on either YouTube or Facebook and comment any questions you guys have uh, every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. All right. Awesome. So what is what is the uh, the one nugget you want to leave everybody with? You know, that I've kind of repeated it over and over through this um, podcast. And thank you for having me again, Austin. But the biggest thing is everyone out there, you know, just take action on wherever you're at, no matter how crappy the action is, how insignificant it is. Um, we couldn't have gotten to where we're at and we can't get to where we're going to go without taking, you know, action. If you need help on what that is, hit call Austin, call myself, um, but just anyone who's who's afraid and not taking action. I just beg you because the slightest action is going to take you to places that you've never, never uh, dreamed of. So that's what I recommend. Cause I'll, I want everyone to succeed and it all starts with that action. And I know there's fear and stuff, but you know, we're here to support you and uh, start taking action. Hell yeah, man. 
Love it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. Even moving an inch is still moving. Oh, yeah. I like the saying, they say progress over perfection. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. Just, yeah. That's Good awesome, move. man. So, well, Justin, man, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'm going to take you out of the lobby real quick, but go ahead and stay on, all right? Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to, the, to today's episode of The Real Impact. Peace.